The Chargers have a long history of undrafted free agents making the 53-man roster. On today's show, we're going to be talking about some of the offensive players in this year's class and how tough it will be for them to make the team. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons, but we're heading into our fifth season as a host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys for making us your first listen today. And make sure you guys are around later on tonight when the NFL schedule release happens, because we will be doing a live show tonight to react to the new NFL schedule and who the Chargers are playing in 2022 and giving some very, very early game predictions even on tonight's show. So make sure you guys are subscribing to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also following the show for free on all platforms so you never miss the show, especially when big things like this are happening. But on today's show, Dave, we haven't really talked about the undrafted free agents the Chargers have brought in. And this season, it's going to be very tough to make the Chargers as an undrafted free agent. But we've seen yeah. so many players in the past, and I think certain positions have more likelihood than others. And today we're getting into some of those likely positions, I think, with running backs to start the show, a couple of running backs that they brought in. And then we're also going to talk about a couple of tight ends that they brought in because at tight end, they really only have three guys there that we know are going to make the roster. So we'll talk about the two undrafted free agents they brought in there, including in that segment, another receiver that they brought in. And if he can be that guy that really rounds out the receiver room, and then we'll wrap up the show with the rest of the offensive players, a tackle, a center, and a quarterback. Three positions where it could be tough to make the Chargers roster. But, David, let's start with the running backs because this is a position, even though the Chargers roster is going to be tight like we talked about before the show, when you're looking at the running backs, there's two you know for sure are going to make the roster, right? It's Isaiah Spiller yeah. and it's Austin Eckler, obviously. But when you're looking at Larry Roundtree and Josh Kelly, it starts to get a little bit more uncertain. And I think that's why when you're looking at the undrafted free agents and you're looking at some of the positions they play, I think that running back is probably pretty hard high up there as far as a, a person spot that might be available to be taken. Yeah. I mean, if I'm an undrafted free agent, Daniel, and I'm looking around the landscapes of the NFL and looking at teams where I might be able to, you know, fight my way onto a roster. I think you look at the chargers and you see, okay, Austin Eckler's there. Obviously, you know, that guy is fantastic and, you know, they just drafted another running back in the fourth round. Okay. Got that. But behind that, I mean, opportunity abounds. I, I see. I see definitely a an, um, you know among you know the one of the only positions on the roster where I feel like yeah. I mean they really have I think a legitimate shot to uh, you know make this team. Well, and, and just in general, right? Like many seasons, you feel like okay, there's a couple of guys that are probably going to make the team just out of like desperation, right? And yeah, just missing. They just need bodies at those positions. But it seems like this year, David, with what they've done, with the depth that they built at certain positions, like. This is the toughest, I think, since we've been covering the Chargers it's ever been, you know, to make the roster in 2022. Such a great problem to have, though, Daniel. Yeah. I mean, that just lets you know that, I mean, this team is close. Like, this team is really close. I mean, you just go look up and down the roster, every single position group. Uh, unlike years past, I mean, this one's going to be tight, man. It, it's going to be really hard. I mean, on, in general, on, honestly, for any of these guys to make the roster. 
um, because the the type of team that the Chargers have assembled. I, I really truly think this is one of the you know deepest teams the Chargers have put together in a very very long time. Yeah, I mean, to me, the only one that's close is probably 2006. But usually the depth is such a question with the Chargers that you feel like a couple of these guys are going to sneak on there, right? And oh, yeah. This year, it's a little tougher, but running back is a position that you could see somebody, you know, have a surprise run. And we've seen it before, like Brandon Oliver, like Austin yeah. Eckler, right? There's a yeah. history to this. Justin Jackson was a seventh round pick, right? So it's like they found diamonds in the rough in those occasions before. But will this year's class have one of those? And it starts with Letty Brown. West Virginia running back who had a really good career at West Virginia and I watched a little bit of him but today we're just mostly getting into the backgrounds and everything from these players but this is a guy who's going to be competing for one of those last roster spots David and a guy that you know had a pretty successful career at West Virginia yeah he really did I mean Letty Brown here 7 to 16, a little more of a bruising type running back, a guy who is really just trying to run you over. And, you know, he's a, a north and south type of runner. Finished with nine career multi-touchdown performances and registered 12 100-yard games. So a guy that's been very productive, had back-to-back 1,000-yard -back rushing seasons. Um, and I think the biggest reason why you probably went undrafted, Daniel, is the 40 time. I mean, he's not the fastest guy in the world. It was a 4 6 4 40 for him. Um, yeah. But I mean, I, li I like the profile. I mean, we were talking, uh, you know, running backs before the draft started and I wanted a, a bigger type of guy. And I mean, this is a, um, you know, definitely the profile that that fits the mark. So Letty Brown had some great production in college. We'll see how that translates to the NFL here. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily see him as a big bruiser. I mean, six foot, 213 pounds. But one thing that was really, you know, transparent when you were watching him is the contact balance. He does bounce off dudes. He does stiff arm dudes. Yeah. And I think the other part of this with him as well is just he is well-rounded. 86 career catches, 32 career total touchdowns, receiving and rushing. So he did a little bit of everything for West Virginia and put up, you know, those back-to-back 1,000-yard -back seasons. So that was, I mean, a very, very solid college career now yeah. i mean as the guy who was you know the 33rd ranked running back by dame brugler in this year's class has a chance to come in and, and fight for a roster spot against josh kelly and larry roundtree but they also brought in kevin marks jr from from buffalo who had kind of a weird career he was the 46th ranked yeah. running back in this year's class another guy that didn't test extremely well i mean that's kind of <laughs> it seems like it's a theme for the chargers in their running back room <laughs> as far as athleticism goes i mean larry roundtree one of the lowest ever Kevin Marks with a 4.94, so not great. But his career was weird because he averaged 6.6 .6 yards per carry in 2020, but then 3.8 in 2021. So it's just he obviously didn't finish things off on a high note, but there was some pretty good seasons in there as well. Yeah, I mean, a couple of big touchdown seasons in there. I mean, had a 1,000 yards rushing season in there as well. Um, and he ranks fifth in school history in rushing yards. So, I mean, he's really accumulated a lot, over 3,035 rushing yards and third in school history and touchdowns with 33. So, I mean, you know, the, the, the career definitely in college was, was something very uh, strange. I mean, he came in, had some really good production with touchdown wise and then had some good production rushing yard wise. And then in 2021, it, it kind of was, it was his worst season really as a senior. I mean, 414 yards, five touchdowns, um, and really only played in, in nine games. So, and the least amount of carries that he had his, in his entire college career as well. So, I mean, Kevin Marks Jr., uh, I mean, another accomplished college running back. And, you know, he will have an opportunity here with the Chargers to try to beat out Larry Roundtree or Josh Kelly. 
Yeah, and the weird thing is his better seasons came when he had Jarrett Patterson there, who, I mean, had all sorts of school rushing records at Buffalo, too, and now is in the yeah. league. But this is a guy, I mean, that kind of a straight-up runner, but definitely is looking for the home run ball for sure. I mean, he had quite a few big runs I saw on a lot of, you know, runs where he was getting tackled right at the Feast or famine. Yeah, very feast yeah. or famine. But, I mean, 13 touchdowns as a freshman. I mean, average more Impressive. than 4.6 yards per carry in three of his four seasons. I mean, had a 1,000-yard year at Buffalo. So, this is a guy who, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, has a great chance to make the roster, at least as we see it now, and it is very early. But, yeah. I mean, when those guys are at the end of the roster, when it is against Josh Kelly and Larry Roundtree, I mean, you have to at least give these guys a chance. And that's why running back is – higher up on our list as far as the positions we think could have a chance. I don't know how tied Staley is to Roundtree. You had even a worse season than Josh Kelly, but now Josh Kelly drafted under a different regime also is two seasons in. So you have more of a sample size to look at. Neither one of them are great. And I mean, if you're just going on best player available, you'd have to think both of those guys are trying to compete for their roster spot this year. So we'll Absolutely. see if they, you know what they can do, because I mean, they are going to have the leg up. They know the offense. They, you know, yeah. I've been with the team for one and two years, respectively, with Kelly and Roundtree. So they have a leg up, but I just don't know if the Chargers are just going to gift them roster spots. They did carry four running backs at times last year, so there is a chance for four. And only two of them we know right now are certain locks to make the team. So the running backs in the preseason are going to be very, very interesting to watch because these guys are going to have a chance to show what they can do, just like Austin Eckler did, and they'll probably have to play special teams. Just like, like Austin Eckler did. But yes. There's also another big position, David, where I don't know if the Chargers, I don't know if we know who the four guys are at this position, and it's tight end. And they did bring two tight ends into this camp as undrafted free agents, two pretty much polar opposite types of tight ends, <laughs> one being a former quarterback. And we'll also talk about a wide receiver I've seen a lot of people get excited about in Trevin Bradford and his path to trying to make the Chargers roster because it's going to be tough. And I mean, all these guys like, you are looking for that diamond in the rough. But, I mean, if you come in, you put the work in, you just have a super solid chance and, you know, super solid camp just to give yourself a chance. I mean, that's all you're really looking for. And so we're going to get into the tight ends and wide receivers coming up right after this. But when I'm looking for any kind of auto part, the only place I go is rockauto.com, who has the best selections of all the parts for your car or truck. So make sure you guys go to rockauto.com because the last thing you want when you have something wrong with your car is more problems put in front of you, right? Going to have the chain storefront and trying to talk to the guy and figure out what the kind of part is that you need, only for him to tell you about a part that's coming from his warehouse and, right, only really is trying to, you know, do what they want you to do. Instead, go to somewhere where they just have all the parts. You get rid of that middleman. You're going direct to the supplier, and you're getting the best prices. So why spend 30 50 even 100% more on any kind of auto part when you go to rockauto.com? And even me, Someone who doesn't know a lot about cars has been able to go on it several times, type in the type of car that I have, and find the parts that I need. So make sure you guys go to rockauto.com and see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? And they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, David. Well, we have a few more undrafted free agents here. And I mean, I think that was always such a thing for such a long time with the Chargers because of how many people have made the Chargers roster. I mean, it goes back Malcolm Floyd, Jaleel Adai, Antonio Gates, obviously probably the most famous of them. Oh, right? yeah. And it just, it, I mean, I think they had at one point 29 straight seasons, 30 straight seasons of an undrafted free agent making the roster. But thank you guys again for making us your first listen today. Make sure you check back later with us to see our NFL schedule release show that was going on tonight. But, David, now we're looking at a position where 
I think it's very much up for grabs if the Chargers end up rolling with another, you know, four tight ends like they did last season. Last year, they had Jared Cook, you know, they had Steven Anderson, Donna Parham, right? And I mean, when you're looking at this year's class, there's only three guys, right? And Trey McKitty. Trey right. McKitty now, Donna Parham, and now Gerald Everett taking the spot of Jared Cook, which I think is an upgrade. But Definitely. they have actually said that they think they're going to keep four, right? Like they've said they need probably to add somebody to that room. And then there's a guy like Hunter Camp Moyer, who is a practice squad guy from last season. So he's going to be in the mix with these guys. Well, let's talk about the weirdest one first here because it's Stone Smart. Great name. If he would have just gotten drafted by the Chargers, like he would have for sure got an A plus in 100%. the name department. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. Great minds think alike. Yeah, I mean, oh, Stone Smart, like that's a ridiculous, that's a made up name. That's like it's a movie star name. It's like sure. <laughs> that's what that is. He's weird specifically just because he was a quarterback, right? That ended up turning into a tight end, that ended up or turning into a wide receiver, playing one season as a wide receiver, and then turning into a tight end. And he's only right now, you know, as he was last way, 226 pounds. So, David, this is obviously a very athletic player. I mean, to go from all those different positions, to pick all of those things up, to play wide receiver for a season, has never had a good receiving season, right? Because he only did one year. He's never had a receiving touchdown. But obviously, yeah. this is kind of maybe not totally Xander Horvath, right? But we're going to find this guy and try some things out, right? Yeah, I mean, when I, when I when I looked at Stone Smart, honestly, the first thing that came to my mind is this dude's an anamorph. Like he just doesn't <laughs> know who he is or what or what he is doing. I mean, he's just went from position to position to position. And I think honestly, for that reason, Daniel, I think it's going to be really, really difficult for him in particular to make the roster because he's going to have to not only, you know, learn, you know, re continue to learn a new position that he's not familiar with. He's going to have to beat out other guys that have been playing the tight end position sure. for several years. So I think this is just a guy, Hey, that's looks super athletic. That has that, that NFL body that uh, Brandon Staley likes to talk about. And they're going to try to see what happens and see how, see we're what gonna he can do in training camp. Yeah, yeah. We're going to figure it out. He's got a pro body. We're going to figure it out. <laughs> One, I mean, I, I think they obviously know kind of what they're getting to, right? I mean, they don't yeah. think they think this guy is going to come in and be Trey McKitty where he can just block. It's a guy that, you know, maybe they feel like they can split out him because of his height, right? Because of his yeah. speed, because four six is pretty good for a tight end, right? Definitely. That they can try to force some mismatches with in a, a best case scenario. Because that's kind of like a Donald Parham, right? Just taller, yeah. thinner frame, right? Not necessarily going to be ever a great blocker, probably, but is a guy that obviously brings some things that would be tough for linebackers and safeties to cover, which is, I think, what it would be. But probably more of a long shot of the two tight ends, I would say, because the other yeah. tight end here from. USC, let's try to see this name. Eric Cromenhuck, USC, tight end, six foot five, 284 pounds. Big boy, 4'8", 140, 39 career catches. Not a lot there to write home about. Wait, did you David? say 284 pounds? Uh, 248 pounds. I, think <laughs> I was I, about yeah, to say, I, that is a gigantic tight end. Those dyslexic a little bit. <laughs> I, I thought that's what I was like. I mean, but he is probably more of a blocking tight end there. I mean, yes. that's what, at least what he was. I mean, he wasn't there to be a dynamic receiver. Only three career touchdown catches. But a guy that they obviously got a very good look at playing at USC. We know how much they like their UCLA and USC players and how much they like just being able to know and get to know these players before they bring them in. And he would be more in the Trey McKitty role, I think, than the Donald Parham role. 
Yeah, and, and maybe the Steven Anderson role, too, because, I mean, they, they brought Steven Anderson in a lot to do a lot of blocking. And, and you know, they put him in the, the fullback position, and sure. they kind of did a lot of different things. He was like the Swiss Army knife tight end of the tight end group. And, you know, I think this is probably more going to be a blocking tight end. I mean, he only had 39 career receptions mm. in college, so not a lot of ball production there as a receiver. But this is a guy that's going to come in and try to reinforce Trey McKitty's position and try to have another guy that can come in and, and block, um, you know, with his frame, I think, you know, there's a little bit of room to put some good weight on, you know, if you get him with some NFL coaches and strength and conditioning program, you know, and I think that will help um, his opportunity to, uh, you know, at least make the most of his opportunity to try to make the squad. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely the more traditional build for a tight end at that position, right? And yeah. tight end is such a weird position in college, too, because, like, there's so few colleges that are focusing their offense, you know, around their tight ends. Yeah. And, and that's why you see some really good call or professional tight ends who, like, never really had a great season in college. And I'm not saying that's what this guy is, but I'm just saying that that position, it's kind of hard to go off just what their college stats are, right? He yeah. is a guy that, I mean, played in 23 games, not a ton of experience, but played for a couple of seasons. And they obviously, you know, had a lot of exposure to teams like the Chargers. But there is a receiver that they brought in as well. Only one receiver in undrafted free agency, David. We usually yeah. see them, I feel like, bring a lot. And I mean, there were still some from the practice squad that are going to be around, you know, fighting. But for wide receiver specifically, and this one is Trevin Bradford, Oregon State, kind of the same size as a guy like DeAndre Carter, 5'9", yeah. 183 pounds. Slot type receiver build a four five two forty four point two seven RAS score. Not something that's my favorite to see, but <laughs> is a guy that has some special team value. And I think for wide receivers specifically, there's five guys that we feel like are going to make the roster with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, Jalen Guyton, and DeAndre Carter because he's brought in. And that's you know what they kind of did last year when Andre Roberts was on the team. What they did with KJ Hill, where they had five receivers. So it seems like four receiver, you have to be kind of hoping that. You're going to either beat out DeAndre Carter or you're going to, you know, have the Chargers keep a six receiver spot when they end up going with their 53 man roster. Yeah. And I mean, on the roster right now, there are several holdovers that are still trying to vie for that spot. Joe Reed, Jason Moore Jr., Maurice French, Michael right. Bandy. So there are several other wide receivers that are trying to at least see if the Chargers are even going to carry six wide receivers because. That a lot of competition. Not, yeah. yeah, that's not a, that's not a guarantee, and there's a lot of competition for this spot. But for Trevon Bradford, uh, a lot of you know pretty good production: 151 receptions, 1904 yards, 14 touchdowns. Um, has that you know flex, or you can you know play on special teams, be a kick returner. So he also I mean, played that, six seasons. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a lot of ball. Yeah. That's a lot of ball in college. So a lot of experience there. Um, but yeah, I think his best path is to try to see if he can outperform DeAndre Carter and, and take that return spot. I mean, that's, I think, his easiest path to make the roster, and that's really what this is about, right? Like yeah. how, how these guys could. And it's not probably likely uh, that's a lot of competition. And I think the one big thing that you're seeing from the group that's the outside looking in is not one of those guys has like the speed where you're like, okay, that dude has the best chance at making the roster because he's just, a, you know, has blazing speed and nobody right. else that we know they're going to keep really has that. Right. So true. There's nobody that really looks like a lock from that sense. So it does look like it just kind of be kind of an all out brawl from no dude that necessarily has the, you know, elite athleticism to pull away. If the Chargers are looking for that with an extended, you know, bench basically at wide receiver keeping six wide receivers instead of keeping five but i do think i mean 
receiver is one of those places, right? We're like, okay, they could use certain things, but it just seems like when you're talking about what they need at receiver, this isn't the guy that necessarily brings those dynamic plays and things like that. He did have, you know, a good highlight reel and stuff like that. But as far as just explosiveness, deep thread, that's not really what his game is. But there are a couple other guys on the Chargers now 90-man roster that are going to be trying to make the team as undrafted free agents. So we're going to get into the offensive players, the rest of them coming up after this. An offensive tackle from William and Mary, another you know FCS school. So we're talking about another small school tackle. we got a center to talk about. And a quarterback, a.k.a. the new K.J. Costello, more than likely. So we're going to talk about what they do. I wouldn't bet on you know the, the quarterback making the roster, even though maybe he's competing with you know Easton Stick. Maybe Easton Stick's spot's up for grab this year. We'll talk about that coming up after this. But I would tell you that I would bet on betonline.net because they're official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast. And I love all the creative things that they're doing over at betonline.net. They make betting way more fun with all the interactive things they have going on, like in-game betting. You can change your fates in the middle of a game and just a ton of tournaments and incentives to go over there and win lots of money, chances to win money. That's what you're definitely looking for. But right now you have the NBA basketball playoffs, which are going crazy. That's a ton of fun to bet on right now with a lot of close series. You have the Stanley Cup playoffs, which are maybe even crazier. Hockey playoffs are just so crazy, man. I'm not even a huge hockey guy, but hockey playoffs, so much fun to bet on and bet online has the best bets you guys are going to find. Even if you're looking for NFL bets and NFL futures bets, you can go Justin Herbert, MVP, the Chargers to win the AFC West. There's a ton of innovative things they have going on over there, even eSports and much more like your favorite Vegas casino games. So make sure you guys go to BetOnline to check out all the best odds, lines, and props that they have going on right now at BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, David, we're going to round out the rest of these undrafted free agents on the offensive side of the ball for the Chargers. And we've talked about before, it is going to be an incredibly tough year to make the Chargers roster because they have so much more depth than we've seen in the past. And usually those depth spots are very much up for grabs. And this year, it's going to be tough, but I'm not going to rule out an undrafted free agent making this roster. I mean, if you had to gun my head right now kind of a situation, like I'm going an undrafted free agent probably makes the team just because that's what we've seen more years than not and i mean even with history pretty, does tend to repeat itself daniel sure and i mean i just think that with the chargers roster last year we saw dudes get cut we didn't think that we're gonna get cut right and they went in favor of some undrafted free agents you know tyron johnson yeah. comes to mind right there were some surprises last year and it wouldn't surprise me if we see some more surprises again this year so it's gonna be interesting to see but yeah if i had to put a bet on it i'd say that an undrafted free agent does make the team but also, make sure you guys are around tonight when we go live for the NFL schedule release after the Chargers release the schedule at 5 p.m. Pacific time. We will be going live shortly after that to react to the schedule and get into some early predictions for the year. But, David, back to the offensive side here. and Let's start with Brandon Peters, the 22nd ranked quarterback, according to Brain Dame Brugler coming out of this draft class. And the funny thing about that is you go back to Stone Smart, who was a quarterback early in his career at Old Dominion, he was actually the 26th ranked quarterback, according to Brugler in this year's class. And then you go to this guy. I mean, only four spots higher. So yeah, Stone Smart could be doing a lot of things for the charge. Maybe he's actually trying to – he's the one that's trying to take Easton Sticks' job. But <laughs> this, that is the path here, right, Dave? When you're talking about yeah. someone like this, I mean, he's trying to make the roster by being out Easton Stick. And if it's not that, you're looking for the best possible option to – show what you have with the rest of your undrafted free agents, right? And the third and fourth string receivers and things like that. Because last year we knew they placed a premium on that, getting KJ Costello and bringing him in 
so he could run the offense and you could get a good look at the rest of the guys. That's why even if he doesn't make the roster, this position is important for the Chargers. Oh, absolutely. I mean, with bringing in another quarterback, a camp arm, if you will, I yeah. mean, it's going to be really important for the evaluation process for the wide receivers, for the running backs, for the tight ends, for the offensive line, you know, for all of those positions. You know, you, you're going to need another guy to try to you know, be able to get the best evaluation of those players as well. And I think, honestly, Daniel, you know, they carried three three quarterbacks right last year. I, I think this year there's no chance that they're going to carry three quarterbacks. I, I think, honestly, um, you know, Easton Sticks days are numbered, unfortunately. I think at this point, just with the collection of talent that the Chargers have brought to the table this year, I don't know how they can justify, uh, you know, keeping a third quarterback. So I think it's going to be really, really difficult. Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, with Easton Stick, I don't know if he's done anything that would make you think he's not safe on the practice squad, right? If that's the way you wanted to go. Like, Brandon Peters is fine, you know, fine prospect. Nothing, I mean, special, really. But, I mean, that is his path, and there might not even be a slot for it, as you're saying. There might not be a third quarterback spot, and I don't think he's beating out Chase Daniel, right? And I think that the other big part of that is there's no more COVID protocols this year in the NFL. So you're not going to have – potentially your quarterback and then someone near him missing you know a game like you saw last year not with the quarterback but all of the players that got held out of the houston texans game and how much that affected the chargers in that game i mean Still that game mad was, i went to that game you went to like one of the most decimated roster <sighs> games of all time dude for it's real you did and like that's got to be like one of the worst games ever as far Terrible. as you know it didn't end up turning into a broncos like kendall hinton situation where you're starting like a wide receiver but you're not you don't necessarily need that safety net this year of having a third guy that nest, you know that knows your team that's not just on the practice squad and other teams aren't going to try to take your practice squad quarterbacks necessarily because they're not going to be trying to fill in for their quarterback who's missing the game with covid or whatever right right so many different things happen to where three quarterbacks made more since last year than this year sure. but it's still hard to totally rule it out until we actually see it so it's not a zero percent chance and i don't think you know easton stick is infallible and it just has a short roster spot if there is three but probably unlikely so let's go to the next one we have center here isaac weaver who's a huge center at six foot six 310 pounds but one of the things that we were talking about before the show david is hey we're not going to rule anybody out right the no. certain positions are obviously a lot easier than others and now when you're yeah. looking at the charge interior like a couple years ago it was dan feeney and forrest lamp as your your starting players on the interior right right now it's like would those dudes even sniff the roster this year with how deep yeah. that position group is i mean Probably you have a guard, Matt Filer, Jamari Sawyer, right? And you also have your new starting guard, Zion Johnson, a first-round pick. That's three really good options at guard. At center, you have now Will Clapp to kind of be that backup center behind Corey Lindsley. So there is some depth there with a the guy who's familiar with new offensive line coach, coach Brendan Nugent. So, like, those five spots right there, David, that that's tough. Like, that's already a deep five. Maybe there's still a chance. And you also have Brendan Hymas, too. I mean, that's six, yeah. you know. Right there, that's tough. Yeah, it's it's really tough, and and what makes it even worse, you know, in, in this situation is is all, pretty much all of these guys have position flexibility. They can play different positions on the offensive line, and I think that that just makes it, you know, it makes it great for the Chargers. You know, and, you know they have the flexibility to be able to move these guys around. You know, in in, in the event that well, I think Telesco, Telesco mentioned like Sawyer down the road could potentially be a center. I think yeah. when he was talking about him after the draft. He's six foot three. I mean, yeah, right, I mean, and Zion played, you know, played it at the the senior. senior Goal, and yeah. you know yeah they have guys that can play different positions so I, I just think on the offensive line that's a phenomenal pl- problem to have because we've seen some absolutely terrible offensive line groups that the Chargers 
have accumulated uh, from years past. And I think we can confidently say that they have one of the better ones now. And that is awesome to see. But, you know, obviously you want to bring guys in for competition and see what they can do. You never know what's going to happen in this beautiful game of football. The one place where they don't really have a lot to feel good about is offensive tackle. And they did bring in an offensive tackle in undrafted free agency. Offensive tackle Andrew Trainer from William & Mary FCS program listed at 6'7", 320 pounds. Another big dude. That's a lot of size, obviously. He was not listed in the 87 tackles that Dame Brugler talked about as far as coming out of this class. So not a highly thought of prospect by any means, but does come from, as David said before the show, Tom Telesco's alma mater. That's right. And that's why he's on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, there. you know, hey, the Chargers are all about connections, right? I mean, knowing guys and, and you know, having that pipeline. Obviously, Tom Telesco, I'm sure, still speaks to a lot of guys at William & Mary. So I'm sure that was a, you know, bigger reason why, you know, you see Andrew Trainer out here. But he was an all-CAA selection at left tackle. Um, you know, so that is something that's going for him. But he has a lot of guys that he's going to be competing up against as well on the 90-man roster, whether it's Trey Pipkin, Storm Norton, Foster Serrell. I mean, there's, you know, there's several bodies. I mean, obviously, sure. I think there's only a couple that are, you know, realistic competition here with Storm and, and Trey Pipkins. But we'll see, right? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, we don't even know who's going to play right tackle uh, for the Chargers this no. season. So It just seems like right now that whoever loses between Trey Pipkins and Storm Norton is the swing tackle. Yeah. It, it's yeah. kind of how it feels. Mm-hmm. You You're so, right. Too? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, this is another – there's – you just don't know who's – for sure going to be the right tackle. But I mean, I think that's what you know, makes this uh, very, very interesting and also worrisome because there's no for sure legit top right tackle. That's, you know, playing that position for the chargers right now. Well, just like it would have been hard anytime after the first round to try to find a starting right tackle in the yes. draft. It's also incredibly hard to find a starting right tackle and undrafted for agency. So I definitely yes. wouldn't get your hopes up chargers fans that Andrew trainer is the answer. You never know. And I mean, maybe they, you know, pull the plug on either Storm Norton or Trey Pipkins, those experiments this year, you know, if one of them loses out and somebody really comes through. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of competition there with the extended practice squad rosters last year. There's a lot more incoming, you know, players from last year that have some experience with this team. They weren't good enough to make the roster last year. Right. So, I mean, these guys are new, blood that have new chances and maybe they can you know squeak those things out. But that's the other part of this, too, is. All these guys are playing for practice squad spots as well, because if you can stay on the practice squad, I mean, you just never know what's going to happen. You get to stay around football, you know, make some money, learn the offense, and maybe your time comes, right? So there's a lot of incentive even for guys who have a very, very slim chance of making the initial 53-man roster. But and like, you're also auditioning for all the other clubs in the league. Sure. Three preseason games this year, sticking with that instead of four and I mean, I think pretty much all that can be played for, you know, a lot of the guys that are on this list and the Chargers need some of these guys to field a team, you know, to some extent for those games. You have to be able to, you know, trot some guys out there that unfortunately, you know, have less of a chance to make the roster. But for these guys, I mean, it's always cool, David. You always get some cool stories and stuff coming out of these guys. So it's going to be cool the rest of the offseason kind of getting more into these guys' stories and figuring out, you know, which guys we're going to be pulling for and, and which guys start, you know, really showing up and. Someone's going to have a crazy great, you know, preseason. We're going to talk ourselves into them for sure and say they're 100% going to make the roster. Maybe they won't. But last year, our boy was bong. He did it. He overcame the odds. He made it. And now, I mean, oh, that doesn't seem like a lot to make the roster. I mean, there's a lot of linebackers, but like 
that's going to be a tougher position now because of someone like Bong, who's spot, it would probably be hard to take, right? So yeah, that is going to do it for this side of the undrafted free agents. There's some defenders and a kicker even that we'll still get into at some point and talk about their paths to trying to make the Chargers roster. But that's it for the offensive side on today's show. But guys, this is the first show of the day. There's probably going to be a second show. There is a second show tonight. After the schedule release as releases at 5 p.m. Pacific time tonight, we will be here with our live reaction to them. We'll go through the biggest games of the season and break it into halves, talk about when the Chargers get their bye week, how many primetime games are the Chargers going to have in 2022. It should be a ton, but we'll end up finding out because it doesn't usually end up that way. So make sure you guys are here with us later tonight for our reactions, and we'll be live on YouTube. So make sure you guys go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel. We'll also probably be live on Twitter at Lockdown LAC. You can also find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Jogemeyer on Twitter at Drove Talk SD. You can also find us on our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page and at Lockdown Chargers on our Instagram page too. But we will also be sharing the show on all platforms on all podcast platforms wherever you get your podcast from you can find the locked on chargers podcast there and we're free and available everywhere and we always try to be free that's why we have the ads in the show and things like that so we can keep the show free for you guys and give you your team every day so make sure you guys are here with us it's gonna be fun to do this live show tonight me and david are definitely excited about it the schedule is coming out and it's just another step closer to getting back to football season but we'll be back to you guys later on today until then take it easy and go bolts